And we are live with episode 8 of the Temp Shift podcast. And today I have a guest who uh, used to terrorize my Team Fortress 2 games. Um, was one of the most obnoxious scout players to play against. Traded that in for a brighter future in Overwatch. Went to have uh, went on to pretty much win tournaments in every single um, continent. Put together really an illustrious career that most players would just dream of. A guy who uh, I don't even want to say a support player for the Dallas Fuel. I'd say a flex player for the Dallas Fuel. How are you doing, Harry Hook? Hi everyone, I'm doing pretty pretty good. Thank you. Awesome. So a lot of stuff to touch on. Uh, not a lot of time. Definitely, obviously, I have to talk about the Sigma to do a lot of Overwatch news during this break. Uh, but I want to kind of touch on the Dallas Field first and uh, your year. Uh, kind of recap a little bit and start starting at the beginning of the year and your expectations heading into this season. Because I checked a, an interview that you did um, during the off season, and this was upon the addition of Closer. Obviously, uh, you guys had a relatively disappointing season one and uh the roster got adjusted and in that interview you mentioned that you didn't expect a lot of playing time heading into this year so beyond that what were your expectations in general what was your plan to become a sort of a better player because at, at that time you said that you actually welcomed the competition what was uh what was sort of the expectation how do you feel like personally what, what were your personal goals heading into the year i mean uh honestly i don't have any so far like like uh i'm not playing any scream anyway uh or belly playing at all so i'm just trying to fit as my role as staff player and that's it mm -hmm. so at, at the beginning of uh like season one you guys obviously had a trio where uh, you, you also mentioned it was very messy and i think just the synergy wasn't mm -hmm. quite there simply because the mercy came in and i'd say you were kind of the designated lucia player you had chips who wasn't quite as vocal uh but was you know historically a Zen player, and then you have Cust who maybe fit the mold of a leader and an in sort of an in-game leader and main support, but was actually a flex support coming into the league. He was the flex support for Fnatic, so it was a very weird mold. And then this year, you obviously have Closer yourself and Unko. Uh, how do you how do you feel like Closer fit into the team, and did did you feel like it made more uh, sense with this trio? Yeah, I think so. I think Closer is an amazing support. Uh, his mechanics is insane. Like, I never see a Messi that good or Lucio. So I think Closer individually is pretty fucking good. But, uh, like, he need to improve his English, which is normal. Because, you know, he didn't speak English for a long time. And uh, when he do that, he can actually communicate better and, you know, be better in general. Right now, it's, it's hard for him to talk English. Uh, in a you know in a very good level because he had to you know Overwatch is a fast game so he has to communicate really fast and he cannot do that yet so mm -hmm. it's a matter of time you need to practice mm -hmm. yeah I mean it is one of the most difficult things obviously having worked with a Korean main support who <laughs> has to communicate in English very very tough do, do you feel like he's made a, a ton of progress in that regard because it is if you haven't played in an English speaking team it's really really difficult I think especially when you can't cheat because your roster beyond OG didn't really have a lot of Korean players. And what we, we had a lot in, in, in the Mayhem squad, because there were so many Koreans, you could actually cheat in, in certain situations and communicate something uh, in Korean. Uh, do, do you feel like you struggled a lot to adapt to a Western team? or? Uh, not really. I think it's, you know, I mean, it's going to take his time to, to, to have a, like pretty decent English to to say whatever he feels like. You know, there is there is some scenarios he want to say something, and obviously he had to say it fast. And he preferred to not say anything at all because he cannot. You know, he's either afraid of making a mistake. You know, like saying the wrong thing, or he doesn't say anything at all because he knows he's gonna say the wrong thing. So when he feels comfortable, uh, you know, he can just just get one step forward and <clears throat> and communicate way better. Mm -hmm. And and as you mentioned, uh, you didn't expect a lot of playing time, but you actually did make your season debut in the previous stage. And you came in on uh, Zen, which I, I would want to say that it was kind of an off-roll, but something you also mentioned before the season in, in that interview was that Era told you to actually practice flex support, um, presumably to be kind of an all-around player. So would, you, would you say that stepping into that role, you were 
maybe even more comfortable on flex support in, in stage three? Uh, so, yeah, Arrow told me to practice uh, Senyara and general flex support. So my Ana was pretty good already, but uh, I never played Senyara stage or even screams too much. So what happened pretty much, Hanko got sick, <laughs> not sick, like his eyes has like problem, right? So he said like he couldn't play, he couldn't barely see. So I had to play, Arrow told me. So yeah, I pretty much have like one, two days of practice, I don't remember. Uh, and I pretty much did the <laughs> best I can. <laughs> At least I'll have play time with the, with the Senyara, you know, it's not, it's, it's actually very difficult. But yeah, I think uh, I think Senyara or playing flex support, you know, I honestly like it more than playing main support. It's more fun and I think it fits me even more than playing main support. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do feel like you were one of the players that was uh, shoved into that main support role you know, back in the day when everyone was forming teams, you just kind of got together the best players and then you everyone just picked their roles. And I think it feels like you kind of got shoved into that main support role. Obviously, you got to flex onto the soldier when you were, um, when you guys were in Apex. But mm. do you feel like because of that, because of your mechanical prowess, you like Mercy didn't really fit you in, in season one? I don't think so. I think. I think mostly because I didn't practice Mercy as much than other heroes, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I think if I, like for example, Mercy now is way better than it was before, obviously. It's just a matter of practice, you know, and if I want to take the time to practice that hero or another hero. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it, it, to, to me, um, again, to me, like the biggest asset that you've had is has always been your aim, and I guess to... To kind of bring a story, I don't know if you remember this, but I, I remember this maybe a couple of years back uh, when I was still playing, and I asked uh, asked you for a one on one, uh, Lucio, and definitely don't, don't do that, guys. It's one of the most boring things you can do, playing each other one on one on Lucio. Okay, Harry's got a he's got a plug in his headset. All right, you good? I can't hear you right now. Oh, I can hear you now. Some technical pros right there. Okay. <laughs> No battery. Uh -huh. Okay, what's up? Uh, gotcha. Did, which uh, did you miss any of that? Sorry, I, I couldn't hear anything. Actually, like I okay. was like. So, so I was, I was gonna say because, to me, you've always been th that guy with insane aim. Obviously, hailing from Team Fortress Two, and a, a funny story I wanted to share uh, was the one time I invited you to do a one-on-one -on -one duel on Lucio way, way back in the day when I was still playing. And like I said, one of the most boring things you can possibly do takes forever to kill someone. But I get absolutely smashed. And that's why, to, <laughs> to, to me, um, that was like, wow, I, I have a lot a lot of room to grow in the aim department. And then fast forward when I was coaching Misfits and during the season zero, I think when they made that nerf uh, on, on the jump, you know, the scroll wheel. And all yeah. the Lucios were panicking, like, how am I going to move? This, is, this change is being made one... Uh, one day before the tournament, and I asked you how you felt about it, and you were like, "Yeah, I don't really wall ride anyway." <laughs> do you, do you I remember that? Didn't wall ride that much. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I don't remember, but uh, yeah, by then I didn't wall ride that much. So I still think like, uh, I don't know. It's in my opinion, there's two two way to play Lucy, right? Which is aggressive or defensive, and uh, pretty much obviously defensive, just staying with the team and just heal. But uh, obviously, the, the offensive will be like, you know, just looking for a boop 24-7, which a lot of players do that. But that, that not necessarily is the best. You know, I, I, don't, I don't think you need to worry as much as Lucio to be a good player or, uh, you know, to do good plays. Like, sometimes the best players do nothing at all, you know? Just stay there and be there for the team. That's it. And right now in this meta, uh, it's not even Lucio anymore, you know? It's just Mercy, Ana, Senyara, Batiste, some weird shit, I don't know. Mm -hmm. so we'll definitely get to that uh, part like what, what the meta looks like right now uh, but just talking about your debut like when you actually got the call when Arrow came and talked to you that you're probably going to have to play what what were what was going through your head at the time Um, I actually I was happy you know like I finally can play one game but uh, like was kind of disappointed to me honestly like not winning a New York Essential since it was it was really close, you know. We were like two zero up, and then we get reverse sweep. So that, in my opinion, was kind of disappointed. But uh, you know, like we don't have anything to lose. Uh, we're playing without Anko. Uh, I don't have playing time. You know, 
thinking about it, it wasn't that bad as, you know, just losing 4-0. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you guys started, the first game you played was against uh, Chengdu. You guys obviously lost at 4-0. Mm. Um, felt like a winnable game. I oh, what's going on with your camera? It's We got an eight. Yeah, your, your camera just went green and it was like flashing green. But I think it's okay. Now. Everything, everything, everything's falling apart on 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 your end. But when I was, uh, oh, it's going green again. Well, whatever. Um, so what happened in that game was that uh, I, I felt like you guys have a decent chance because you went into the second map, you held them on Lunar, and then they got the fuller hold. Uh, and then after that, the wheels kind of came off. Well, what, what was your feelings heading into that game? Because obviously, Chengdu fe feels definitely as an opponent that is easier to beat in, in a vacuum than uh, New York, but on the flip side, they are very difficult. Obviously, you're stepping in and you're not playing the GOATS meta, so you can't just like play behind shield and play um, ABC. Yeah. You're, you're, you're under so much pressure against Chengdu, which is why most of the set you were actually stuck uh, on the animal. What, what was kind of, uh, you know, if, if you recall that match, what, what was your mind heading into it and then afterwards? Okay, so versus Chengdu, there is no much to say. Like that was my first game, and uh, you know, was a long time. But uh, also, like I've been practicing in rank only, and I pretty much all I played was versus Gods, right? And then Chengdu played something else. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I mean, I cannot say too much, like in game, like uh, string con wise, because I don't even know what we're playing that much. So I cannot you know, give a call to say, hey, we're going to switch to this. And, uh, you know, no one uh, no one, no one, one did that either in the New York session match. So what happened, uh, Chengdu was like, you know, just overall, like, a stupid game. Like, we just lost, that's it. Like, there's not much to say, 4-0. Mm -hmm. We get a stomp, that's it. But New York session, we win, win into 0 And, uh, you know, then we was Hollywood, I think. Yeah. Uh, we lost Hollywood. We could win the map. We did the stupid mistakes, like for example, like Saria jumping to me on top of a uh, of uh, first point, attacking in Hollywood, and uh, he just melt me. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I didn't know. I mean, I know that could happen. I know there is a possibility, but no one did that to me in scrims or you know even in ranks. So I was like, okay, that's something new. I mean, I know that you know that that thing like I did that before. Oh shit, my headset. <laughs> There we go. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, we lose Hollywood. Then we play, uh, what was it, uh, Gibraltar, right? Gibraltar, yeah. And you, you guys had, uh, you, yeah. you, you needed to win one fight, uh, and you had four minutes yeah. to win that fight. Yeah, like, I was even talking to Mickey about that. Like, it was two options, pretty much. Like, it's either keep the ultimates and just do one big fight, which is easy, or... <clears throat> um, you know, just switch comps. For me, the most ideal will be switch comps. I don't think you should mirror, uh, uh, you know, your section in that composition because you know, pretty much they are better on, with they're better than us. They have more experience, and it's really hard to win that way. Plus, you think about it, the the way we win the the first two maps, it was with a different composition, right? Mm -hmm. So if you just do random shit like double a sniper or something else, you have way more chance to win. If we just switch. We pretty much win the match like three one, but we didn't, and then just everything pulled apart after that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was the last game of the stage, I believe. It was kind of a rough pill uh, to swallow, but you guys presumably didn't go into that game with a ton of expectations, right? And it, it must still yeah. feel decent to walk. Obviously, bittersweet because you were in such a premium spot. Even heading into map five, it, it was one one. It was doable. I think you guys ended up in a situation on Nepal where uh, heading into village. They they beat you with a May, and then you guys have to swap your you swap to a poke comp, and anytime you swap into six ults, like you're you're just usually gonna get snowballed. Um, what was the kind of the mindset of the team after after that loss? Um, maybe a bit of disappointed and a bit of angry because you know like like we still won that game actually, but uh, in my opinion, I just feel happy because I play one game so. That's the only thing I care about. I honestly don't think I would even lose in like, at mm. that point. Like, I was like, I, I, you know, I started doing an interview with uh, with my Corey, mm. our media, our media guy, and I was like, saying the classic shit. And I was like, ah, you know, fuck this. I don't give a shit. I, I have fun. We lost, well, whatever. I don't care. You know, I have fun. That's all I care about. Mm. And that's it. So, 
What do you feel like? Because uh, obviously stage three was very rough for Dallas, dro dropped off a lot. Um, you guys went even before, uh, so sort of going into that Excelsior game during stage three, you guys were, I think, one and 21 in maps uh, or map score. Uh, what do you think was behind that kind of a drop off from the first two stages and heading into uh, heading into stage three? Mm, I don't know. It's hard to say. Maybe it's a mix of everything. Like, I think in Overwatch, the most important thing, uh, the most important thing uh, to have in well, yes, in Overwatch, you know, it's like trusting your teammates. And uh, you have to trust your teammates in every situation, right? Otherwise, you're going to lose. So I don't think we have that much trust each other right now. Or, or I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's weird. Like, after playing a, after playing a stage, um, I mean, uh, after playing the last game um, versus, no, the first game versus Chendo, I feel like it was playing the same, it was exactly the same feeling than playing in stage one. Like, it was so weird. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but it was a really weird feeling. And I even told her that, like, uh, it was really weird. I don't know. It's, 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 I don't like it. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I, I actually don't know what's going on. I think trust could be one of the problems, maybe. But I don't know. It's not just that, it's something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, tr trust is definitely a big thing. Do, do you feel like the scheduling also kind of uh, caught up to you guys? Because obviously, um, two starting players sort of dropping uh, out towards the end of the stage. You guys add to Trill. Uh, he, com he comes on to play. You have to incorporate a new player. Incorporating a new main tank, especially very, very difficult. Uh, mm. Very, you know, late into the season. We did that with Florida back in, um, you know, a couple of seasons, uh, well, last season. And that was extremely tough because when you're taking out a main tank, especially if it's a main tank who communicates a lot, like your whole structure just kind of uh, falls apart and you almost have to hmm. rebuild it, right? Yeah, so Trill, he barely have played and needed before playing the first game, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think he have like, actually like maybe three to four more days more than pra like of practice and more than me, that's it. It's kind of funny, you know, like people hate him, uh, you know, it's like, oh, he fucking sucked, blah, 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 in the first game or whatever. Like, I think in my opinion, he did pretty well since he barely played. And, uh, you know, OG uh, was feeling like, wasn't feeling well. He was feeling like he's going to get burned around if he keep playing. So he asked Arrow for a break, mm -hmm. which is uh, pretty good to have, like, since, I mean, we're not doing pretty good anyway, so there's nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. So better to play your rest and just you know be better for the next stage or whatever yeah do you feel like because that was obviously something that was addressed uh heading into this year cutting down the games from 40 to 28 obviously more more teams so you can afford to do that uh and that was essentially to to kind of um yeah to, to give players more of a break but if especially if you make stage playoffs it feels like you don't really have that time because you you play the playoffs maybe you have one or two more days <laughs> off and, that, and that's it right do you, how, how do you feel like in terms of obviously you haven't played as much this year so maybe it's difficult to gauge but uh you're still in a team environment how do you feel like that change has been the scheduling th change do you think that's helped at all with the burnout issues i think it helps a bit if you don't make it to the stage if you make it to the stage though you're still fucked since uh you have to play the whole stage even more you make it to the final you have like one week of rest pretty much not that much and that week you pretty much have to practice anyway so it's like non-stop grinding i don't know it feels it feels you need more time like the vacation is not enough mm -hmm. but uh i don't know how blizzard is gonna do it i don't even know if they want to do anything about that mm -hmm. well i mean heading into next year i guess we can touch on it here as well is they are changing it in terms of removing the um, uh, stage playoffs, but they are, hmm. but you you will still travel, right? Like you will travel a lot more. Your away games are actually going to be away games most of the time. So, hmm. but but there will also be more bye weeks uh, from from what I understand. So, uh, do do you feel like that that might help things that you might have a couple of bye weeks? But then again, you're traveling, you're changing time zones. Presumably, like if if I'm gonna play a game in China you kind of have the bye week right before then and really the bye week isn't to relax it's mostly to travel to that country i imagine and adapting to the time zone before you play right yeah so like 
I've been traveling a lot since uh, MB, and I tell you what, like, yeah, like, it's, it's a big thing, and most likely it's gonna happen to all the players. And imagine if we had to go China, like, or, you know, or Korea, whatever, like, place, like, what is actually far away. It's not like just two hours of travel. I don't know, players are gonna get, they're gonna get yelled like a shit, like, super yelled like, and it's gonna be really bad. So, in this scenario, where the sub player is when there is more, like, needed, because, I mean, as a sub player, you pretty much you don't have to do much, just mm -hmm. chill, <laughs> play rank, and that's it, or even watch games, whatever you wanna do. But, um, yeah, the player is gonna feel, like, really, really tired all the time, all the time, and pretty much, like, they have to be in another country, you know, different time zone, uh, different people, whatever. It's going to be weird for them at the start, but uh, in my opinion, it's nicer to travel. It's nicer to visit places, uh, see more culture, you know, and try different stuff. Uh, but uh, mentally and physically, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a lot for, for all the players, honestly. Do you feel like it's, it might continue to sh shortening the careers of Overwatch players, the fact that it is such an ambitious project, you have to fly all around the world? Because even now we see so many players retiring prematurely, like e either losing the passion for the game or just straight up burning out. You know, we obviously had Fisher retiring, guy who, when I still had a ballot last year, I put him second in my MVP rankings, right? Like you would expect that type of a guy to have a three, four year career minimum and be, being at the top, right? But he ends up retiring. Do you feel like we're probably we might see more of that? I mean, you certainly see a lot of players uh, uh, complaining about the burnout. Uh, I don't think yes, the burnout problem. Like usually, you can just take a break. Like for example, when the season is end, you know, when the season ends, and that should be enough. Like for me, it was enough. For example, it's mostly like the lack of the track on the players. And the coaches uh, prefer to take someone else over because they think that player is not the right player or because they don't like him as a player or because they don't like something from him. It's not just himself, just the the, the lack uh oh sorry, the the um, fuck, I cannot even speak English me now. <laughs> I'm too tired, I'm sorry. Yeah, or I was saying like it's not it's not uh <clears throat> it's not the burnout, it's it's the lack. It's the is there's no trust. If you don't trust a player as a coach it's, it makes no no sense like I don't know. Like all the players want to be main, main, you know, playing the main roster all the time, mm -hmm. and if you don't trust them at all. Like even to give them a chance or whatever to do that, that will never happen. So you will get burnout. You will hate life because you're not playing. You would, you know, you mm -hmm. have to. You have to have a good uh, main, mindset, and uh, you know, like, you know, just think that's your role being a sub player or whatever, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, if if <laughs> if a coach doesn't, you know, like like trust you at all, and you know he decides to pick someone else before even give you a chance to prove yourself, which happens a lot. Uh, I'm not saying that's in my case. I'm saying like in a general scenario, you know, it happens a lot. I feel like it's easier for them to to pick someone from contenders and thinking it's gonna be the next uh, Jonak than just you know like uh giving that guy a chance or you know so yeah i mean most of the what you're saying is that obviously when you are on the bench it's very easy to kind of lack purpose simply because i think a lot of teams in the overwatch i still think even teams that are that have a lot of staff so you guys have one of the biggest uh coaching staffs in the league i believe and i still feel like even where you guys kind of set the bar, I think it's too low for all the leagues. I think you really need so much more staff for everyone, especially with these, you know, 10, 11, 12 man rosters, simply because it's so hard to give everyone attention, right? And like you say, it's very easy to, um, if you're sitting on the bench, it's like, well, what am I doing? Like, I'm if I don't get a chance, maybe the, maybe the meta isn't doesn't fit me, and then I'm sitting on the bench for three stages. And I know that from a coaching perspective, it's also very difficult because especially if, if you're struggling a little bit, you have to commit so many resources into getting the team back on track that it's very easy to, I don't want to say neglect, like willingly neglect, but 
you just can't commit the same resources to the bench players. Do you feel like there's um, yeah. any any solutions? Do you feel like if teams would staff up staff up a little more, uh, maybe everyone would have a B team to, or everyone would have 12 players so that everyone scrims? Do you feel like that could potentially be the future, especially with the travel and how uh, difficult it is to, uh, gonna be to um, to handle the schedule? Mm, maybe in the future with the next season coming up, since mm -hmm. you have to travel a lot, uh, it makes more sense. Because, like I said, the players are gonna feel like they're gonna feel exhausted. They're gonna feel so tired all the time. I'm pretty sure. And and then maybe you know it's when a Sapri comes in, come in, and then you know like you do something actually useful. But overall, it's really hard to keep the players happy. Like you cannot, you're gonna have two teams pretty much. Um, you know, play all the time each other or whatever. It's it's really hard. Like I think I think like obviously like don't don't try it. Uh, couldn't work. Well, Seoul is kind so, of trying you know, that, right? This year. Uh, Seoul? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that, actually. But, you know, Fissure, for example, just retired. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. It's not It's not easy being uh, being in the bench. Uh, no one like it. And uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's a difficult life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I say that. Mm -hmm. but <laughs> it doesn't I matter you get the big bucks. It's, it's just annoying as fuck to be sitting, doing nothing. Mm-hmm. But how do you handle it? Because obviously, it, it's very easy to get into those cycles where, well, there's no purpose. I might as well just retire. You know, whatever. Especially like, like you say, with, with Fisher. You know, he was a guy who was a superstar last year. Now he has to fight for playing time. Doesn't really play. Presumably, one of the reasons why he might have. You know, who who really knows? But presumably, one of the reasons why he uh, why he ends up retiring. You're obviously like a a bit of a, a like a more mature person like you're 27 i believe uh, correct me if i'm wrong and i, I do feel like when you, when you're a little more mature you you at least because it's very easy to have sub players who are unhappy kind of poison the well within the team you know just causing yeah. problems but but it's all it's, it's it's very difficult i think to be an up you know again very difficult to to guess really but looking at sort of how the valiant rebuilt their season and seeing their bench players sort of supporting the team genuinely, uh, like that feels that that's sort of the dream. I think when you have sub players who are are you know talking with the team, they're supporting them. They're they just want the best for the team. But I also think even in their shoes, I think if they get benched for two or three, three four months, I think that positivity positivity slowly goes down, and then you have to make sure you don't go from you know positive to neutral to being. A detriment to the team, right? Like, how how do you how how do you, yeah dis destructive, right? So how do you how do you uh, personally manage that um, as a player? So, as you say, uh, when that easily happens, is is when you care too much. So, <clears throat> if you care too much about being a soft player, uh, you just just lose your north. You just you just don't, you know. Just I don't know. You're gonna be a toxic shit player, and for me, it's not my I don't want to be like that. Uh, I don't want to be a, a bad teammate. Uh, I'm already being infinite playing. It makes no sense, right? Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, what I did is just choose to not care. Just don't care at all. Just do your job. Play rank or whatever. Uh, see how it goes. Uh, it's boring as shit. I'm not going to lie, but it is what it is. Uh, you don't, you know, you don't have to play rank 24-7. You just can watch the games or whatever, but it's still boring as heck. Anyway, uh, I think I think uh, being a best player is, is way more harder than being a main player. Not because like you know it's like pressure being a main player or whatever. As as you don't have to do that much, but it's more likely like mentally. It's, I think it could be way more exhausting. It's, it's, it's imagine it's like you are in home doing nothing 24/7. It would be the same feeling than me, you know, like. Sure, I'm playing a video game for four hours a day, like playing rank, but <laughs> come on, dude. It's not fun at all. Come mm -hmm. on. I don't enjoy playing Hulk or Isa 24-7 in rank. It's annoying as heck. Like, I don't learn anything. It's just maybe a bit of mechanics every day, but it's not that much, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Yes, you're correcting your your headset once again. So, I, I presumably, you know, because... I was obviously a player, so I went through sort of the sim similar things where I eventually got benched. Then I have to, had to like make a decision for uh, for my career and for my 
life, you know, and I cho chose to go into coaching, even though I could have potentially pursued playing, at least in contenders. It did feel like I was certainly good enough. Uh, but also personally, I felt like, well, I'm 24, 25. Even if I would make it to the league, I probably won't have a long uh, career because, you know, I, my wrist was messed up anyway. So I think for all the players, it kind of comes to, to a point where like, well, uh, do, do I need to look for, for something else? Have you ever th thought about this? Like, wh when is the transition going to come? Do you feel like you still have that hunger to play? Uh, wh what is kind of your, your mindset? Do you want to stay within esports? Uh, you know, what's, what's kind of you know, your outlook on the future of your career? Yeah, so I pretty much have like one more year after this. And then, and then uh, I pretty much will like think about it in that way. But so far, uh, I'm just expecting to retire after the next year. Uh, anyway, like if I don't, if I don't have a player, I wouldn't play in Overwatch League at all, or even contenders. It feels like a waste. I don't care. It's not just, you know, it's like, you get money, but it's, it's not worth it for your health, that's for sure. So I was thinking about just to stream after after the next year. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't, I'm not going to be a bench player forever, you know, and plus I'm going to be 20, 29, like after yeah. pretty much like, yeah, after next year, I'm going to be 29. So uh, I hear, for example, Musasa, uh, a Portuguese player yeah. from a contender team, he tried he tried from one or two of League teams, and one of them they say no because it was too old. It was yeah. too old, you know. Which is kind of fucking disappointed because the old doesn't matter. It, like you can be as old as you want; it doesn't matter. Like if you have a skill, you have a skill. You know, the only thing you can lose is reflexes. Which as a tank, right now you don't need that much to play in Orishas, To play some Orishas shield in the ground, you need that much reflexes. Come on, dude. You don't need a fucking eight, ten years old guy to play that shit. Yeah. It's not. Uh, it makes no difference. So, <clears throat> since uh, I'm gonna be 29 and uh, I'm a bench player right now, it, my career is pretty much done at that point. So I'm just gonna stream and chill the next year, probably. Mm. Most so likely. So you're not. I mean, next year after that. Sorry. So you're not interested in uh, contenders at all, trying to build yourself up, anything like that. No. No, I I will play. I will play in another team in Northwest League if I get a main spot. Mm -hmm. But I will. I wouldn't like stay uh, being a bench player, or I wouldn't. Uh, um you know like yeah pretty much that's it yeah yeah i mean i can definitely relate to that uh, when i was a player as well and um i departed from lg i was kind of in a spot where even then i i considered going into coaching immediately Sim not, not because i couldn't get offers i had offers but i felt like the, if i can't compete so this was even before uh, the sub issues everyone just had six players on the roster this is pre-overwatch league and even then i felt like the only way I'm going to join another team, even though there's still upside, like you make the Overwatch League, maybe mm -hmm. you can make a lot of money. The only reason, the only way I would stay as an active player is if I could join a team who would actually had a legitimate chance to, like, through hard work, get to the number one spot, or at least, you know, top five in the world, right? So I had kind of a short list of maybe five teams that I would be interested in joining at that point, uh, at that time. And Misfits you know, fortunately was one of them. So it kept my career going a little bit longer. But yeah, I definitely, I can definitely relate with that type of mindset where like if you can't be, especially for you who's had such an illustrious career, who has won so much, uh, it, it feels like it's difficult to kind of rewire, right? And just go, like take a step down at this point. Mm, yeah, but uh, yeah, like I say, like when my contract is on, I, I will yeah. probably do it. But uh right now like i pretty much like i i think it's pretty far to say like yeah. i need the money so yeah. um i choose to be a i mean i don't choose like i'm i'm a myself player i do my job all the time i try to help the players in every situation they can mm -hmm. uh like real life or inside the game you know so mm -hmm. uh as long as uh i do my part i think it's fine but like i say like uh when my contract is gone i just we're just gonna go back to Spain on a stream, uh, or it's that, or either I'm a main player, or I'm a main player for another team. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I'm gonna go back home, which is gonna be hard because I'm gonna be 29, like I say, and people care about that shit. So, mm -hmm. so streaming something More you've likely. thought about uh, a lot. Is it something you really enjoy? Yeah, yeah, it's actually it's really fun, you know. Like I just playing random shit games and having fun. Uh, plus, I can you know chat with people, so that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Anyway, like uh, I don't think I will play Overwatch as much in Europe. Mm -hmm. I feel it's pretty pretty bad. So 
I wouldn't waste my time on that. I don't care. Just, you know, about just having viewers at the start. I would, I have to enjoy what I do, right? So yeah. I don't want to play Overwatch and the game is shit in Europe, you know, because people, you know, they play random random things or whatever. Like, yeah. Coco told me about it and it's something I don't want to do that for sure. <laughs> yeah. Do do you feel like potentially the you know we can transition this into the two to two log? Do you feel like the two to two log could potentially change this and make the game more fun, uh, especially playing ranked and streaming the game? Uh yes and no. Wait one sec. There we go. Yeah, yes because two to two I think is gonna help the team uh help the the game a lot. You know, like the roll lock, like playing two to two, you just can play whatever you want, and you even have your own SR to play. Uh, you know, like TPS uh, support and tank, which is pretty nice. I think it's a very good idea from Blizzard. But no, because the problem with this is everyone is playing the same comp right now, which is Orisa Hawk, and you know maybe double sniper with different supports all the time. But it's most likely that comp. Uh, the problem with that is everyone is going to emulate what the players do in Overwatch League. So if yeah. the teams play or is a hawk, everyone in rank is going to play the same shit, right? It happens with GOATs. And even when GOATs wasn't the best comp, because, you know, you see, some guy won a stage yeah. with a DPS comp, which is pretty funny to me. But um, the thing is, like, if all of them in Overwatch League, they play the same shit, which is or is a hawk, what's going to happen is everyone's going to play the same things in rank, right? Which is gonna be really bad and uh, really, I don't know. It's gonna be exactly the same spot. The only thing is gonna change. Maybe you play May uh, and other DPS instead of like, you know, the classic things. But mm-hmm. always the main is gonna be the same, or it's a hook twenty four seven, or most likely like ninety percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And you don't wanna see that. It's boring as heck. Just imagine just waiting for the hook, like you know, for the hook and pulling all the time. Blah 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 blah. Come on, dude. It's so boring. Mm-hmm. The other composition is with Orisa Diva, which is pretty much the same. Just <laughs> spamming shells, maybe getting picks. As long as Widows and pop off, I suspect, you know, you're watching a game uh, in Overwatch League and the player is a hog, I don't know, or Diva, or Diva, Diva Orisa with double sniper or whatever. As long as Ori, um, Widow or Hanzo doesn't have a, like a good pick, you know, and they start to pop off, it's going to be boring to watch that, you know, so... Mm-hmm. I hope I hope for someone like I know dive uh, is a is a good way to counter that obviously, but no one's wanna try that because it's really hard to do it right. Yeah. So once again, it's the same scenario than uh, than um, than the last stage right. Like when some guy come in and destroy everyone with DPS come. Uh, if someone else is trying something else, I I honestly would cheer for them because. You know, it's respect. Like, yeah. it's the only thing who's gonna try to do something else, and probably it could be like high reward. You know, in the end, like Shanghai. Yeah. Because it's a fuck. I'm pretty sure that, like dive is a better come against that. Makes sense. But it's really hard to counter. Like, it's really hard. So, if someone is gonna take the time for it, cool. Most likely, it's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, if for sure, like in ranked, obviously. Everyone reverts to what the easiest thing to execute is, yeah. which is definitely going to be the Orisa. Um, do you feel like with these changes, because obviously there was a um, it was a patch beyond the two to two lock. Do you feel like what, what do you feel like the meta is going to be in the Overwatch League? Obviously, it's difficult to predict, but do you feel like because obviously Overwatch League, even when Bunker became meta in in ranked, Goats was still super prominent in. Um, and, and Overwatch League, right? Do you, do you feel like uh, yeah. Bunker is going to really take the spotlight or do you feel like Dive is going to be back or Double Sniper? Obviously, I, I saw someone someone tweet that that's, that's what it's leaning towards, Dive and, and uh, Double Sniper. What, what do you think the meta is going to look like at this stage? I think the meta is going to be uh, more more likely just an Orisa comb with something around that. So, for example, it could be Orisa Diva, it could be Orisa Hawk with Double Sniper, Orisa Diva with Double Sniper, or, I don't know, Orisa May with the hog stuff like that you know it's like weird things like no one re- no one knows yet but most likely it's gonna be some type of orisa come and then uh my my bet of countering that is uh, a dive come but you know like imagine having a may uh orisa you know it's really hard to 
it's really hard to dive against that, right? So I don't know how really you can do it. Maybe with a Farah and popping off, I don't even know. But mm -hmm. I just hope someone do that because everyone in Ryan is going to play the same shit and I don't want to see that mm -hmm. because I had to play that. So yeah, Exactly. <laughs> So what did you what did you think about that patch? Because obviously it's it's very difficult to patch a game when you implement a roll lock, and but you don't have anything to go off of, so you can't really balance the game, right? Because if you think about it, the patch between stage one and stage two, what happened? They nerfed pretty much every ghost character, hoping it would go away, and then now that you implement two to two lock a couple of stages later, mm. well, those heroes are just kind of well, Reinhardt got a bit of a buff, but the rest of the heroes are kind of. Uh, a little screwed over in in a sense almost um but what, what did you think about the, about the patch you know the biggest things being the global ultimate changes uh the brig rework uh i think those were the biggest and i like slight sombra nerfs what, what did you think about those changes do you think those are uh okay good enough so the sombra nerf uh you know with the ultimate when it's casting like this and it takes like one second yeah. i think that's pretty nice it gives you more time to do something mm -hmm. um what else yeah, that's one. The ultimate charts, I think it's pretty nice. I want to see more, you know, skill involved and just ultimates, you know, all the time. So that's another good step. But uh, overall, I think nerfing, ah, Brigitte also, by the way. Yeah, they they try to make it like full support. I don't know if that's a step. Like no one is going to pretty much play Brigitte that much. And now since they nerf it as much, like it has a 200 shield. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to do with that, you know, like. You'll have, you'll have nothing. Like it's, it's barely nothing at all. So, I think nerfing heroes that much is a wrong. Uh, it's, it's like taking a step backwards. Like, for example, when I start to play Lucio, I enjoy it that much because he can one big one on McCree. You know, he can actually one big one on McCree, which is insane. You know, it's like one McCree dying by a Lucio. What the fuck? That guy's a feeder. You know, but that's actually the Lucio who's popping off. Yeah. Right now, doing that is really hard. <laughs> you yeah. can barely do it, or maybe not at all. So I think I miss like all Overwatch with the uh, all OP heroes, you know, because everyone is OP except Doomfist when they release it, which is what's too much. Yeah. But if you have everything OP, there's no way, you know, it's gonna be something bad. Like there's no unbalance when everything is OP. It's impossible because everything is that OP, then everything works. It's, it's like uh, the old Lucio uh, during beta where his projectile size was pretty much twice as big as it is now. So it was almost <laughs> impossible to miss. Like where you would just shoot it and it would hit. Yeah, that was... Yeah, it sounds stupid, right? But just, just think about it. Like if everyone is OP, how it can be unbalanced? Like every character will be good in his own, in, in his own way, right? Mm. Yeah. So um, going back to Sombra, do, do you feel like because um, I haven't had a chance to try it, but that little hitch, that uh, time that that it takes to get the EMP off, does that mm. give you enough time to react with the trance? Because usually before ah. it, it was it was it was kind of like you have to guess that he's he's gonna EMP and you have to pre-trance. Does it give you enough time now or no? Yeah, it gives you it gives you no time. Even even hook, even uh, I mean hook can actually hook you mm. now in time if it's like. In a, dis in a in a good distance, you know, mm -hmm. you can actually react to it now. I think it's pretty. I think it's a pretty smart move from Blizzard. But yeah. once again, like I don't think you're gonna see as much somewhere right now in uh, Overwatch League. So I don't think it makes any difference. Mm -hmm. So also in terms of break, because when I saw those changes as well, I tried to think about it, like how is it gonna be used? Because they wanted to make her more more of a main healer, but I really don't see Because if you think about it, like, how has Brigitte existed? She's existed in three support brawl compositions because she can put so much pressure on the objective and she has the rally. With the 200 HP shield, she can't really put pressure on on point on her because you would think, well, maybe if you play a pharmacy yeah. composition with flankers, maybe she she's the one that pressures the point while Hammond and everyone else is creating space. But really, who will she beat in a duel? Like, the stun time is down, the shield is down. You can easily beat her in one-on-ones now, I feel like. Uh, the shields are kind of nice, which is why I thought maybe you can make it work in kind of a 
a Lucio Brig super dive lineup where you didn't need a lot of heals. You like put it on a Doomfist and you keep stacking it on the Doomfist and he just pops off like something crazy like that. But I don't really see because if you play slow compositions, Batista does everything better, you know, in Bunker or Mercy Zen or yeah. Mercy Ana. Like all of them have so much more in their kit than uh, than the Brig does, right? Yeah, I think one way to play Brigitte uh, right now with that nerf, I think it will be like diving in because like you wouldn't play main healer Brigitte. Like, what is the point? You yeah. know, like I mean, you can do that, but you still have to dive in. Otherwise, like it makes no no point. You would play an Ana on a Mercy, like something with like more heals or even a Moira. You know, like you can just. I, I think right now maybe with that nerf, you can just go in with the Brigitte and have a. I lose you also, you know. So I have main healer at Brigitte, and then just some dive is come, yeah. and then just dive in, dive in with the Brigitte and, and Lucio. That's it. That's the only yeah. way I see Brigitte working. Otherwise, like I don't think I don't think you can do as much, or it makes there is better healers for that, you know. Yeah, I'm definitely in the same boat. Like that's that's the only way I, I start again playing. Well, who knows? Maybe 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 we're wrong. Maybe she's hitting OP, but. Uh, I <laughs> maybe i don't know like, i mean the inspire heal is is a lot but it might my, my issue is just like how do you trigger the inspire if you're playing against a bunker composition you're never really gonna uh use it yeah, right like maybe, yeah, maybe most likely you, yeah most likely you're gonna play versus a bunker composition so you have to think a way to yeah to get breed in because yeah. otherwise you're gonna just spamming healing from far away that's it yeah um Another new change that dropped yesterday, um, Siegel obviously got to try um, Sigma. He he put it on mm -hmm. PTR on his birthday. Uh, initial thoughts? Did you get to test him at all, see his abilities? Uh, I pretty much, like, Mickey, I, mean, I was I was watching him, like, when, when Mickey, like, saw it. Like, it was doing in the practice range, so I saw all of it. But I don't think, uh, I don't think Sigma's going to counter the... The current, well, the current meta, which is enormously. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's not going to be there for stage four anyway, right? So it's just kind of, uh, you know, like, it does it have any competitive viability? Like, do do you see it serves towards stage? Maybe going into the playoffs if they release it for like, who does he synergize with? First of all, Jeff obviously said that uh, it, it's a main tank. Like, I personally don't see it as as a main tank. What what are your thoughts in terms of competitive viability? I think. I mean, it has 1.5k shield and a very good DPS and a lot of sustain because of shield. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think you can you can play really aggressive with a hero. I think just hold close distance and try to dive in with uh, <clears throat> some good compositions. I think you can do a lot because like you have so much sustain with that with that hero. It's insane. So you maybe maybe you have like a, like. Um, what is it called? Oh shit! Like, so it's gonna be two to two, maybe a diva, or even a Hamon. And yeah, I think a Hamon, a Hamon, that character, like Sigma, Hamon Sigma, like Sombra Tracer, uh, I don't know, Moira, Lucio, mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know. And it, I use him as a DPS also, so you know, so you have three DPS plus a Moira. I think it could be something. Yeah. But uh, I don't think it's like it's gonna be like <clears throat> you're not gonna use it like. As a, I mean, also, well, I guess you can use it as a second shield, you know, you can use like even a passion go yeah. with that with a ring or Norisa. Like it's it's a lot of it's a lot of spend a lot of shield, but I don't know if that's gonna work. Like people people had to try him out, see see what he can do, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't think it's gonna change anything, honestly. Yeah, because I mean, when I was when I saw the kid and I thought about it, because the, even the compositions that you mentioned now, it would basically put him. As in as an off tank, right? Like you, you you're mentioning compositions with other um, with other main tanks, which is kind of how I see it as well. Because if you think about it, what defines an off tank, or, or sorry, a main tank? So if you look, there, there's two categories. There's the dive category, which is Hammond and Winston. They jump in, they pull resources out of the enemy team, they create space in that way. This yeah. guy completely falls out of that um, that kind of composition because he just has no mobility right like if he at least had the batiste jump and he could get on high ground it would maybe be a little bit different but he has nothing he's he's ground bound so that kind of falls off so the question this is if we're considering him as a main tank so he's definitely not that type of main tank so the second type of main tank is the arisa or the reinhardt like they are good because 
they have a shield. They can anchor down a point and buy time on the point. Or on, on the flip side on the attack, pressure the objective. But go on it and yeah. then you have a shield there, right? Like, So if you think about Sigma in that category, does he really work? It's difficult for me to say because it, it, no. it, does, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like it does, right? No, I don't think so. I don't feel like... like like a substitute of a Reinhardt, you know? Like, he has 500 more HP, the shield, than a Reinhardt, but it's still, like, it's not the same, you know? Like, it's not the same mobility than a Reinhardt, like, staying on the point or an Orisa, you know? Yeah. He, I don't think it will work that way. It will work more as an up-tank, you know, finding a dive with a, with something, or or even yeah. a double shield composition with a Reinhardt yeah. or an Orisa, maybe. Yeah. More than that, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so really, t to me, it, it, it sounds like you agree that he's more of an off tank with with whom you can dive. So you have someone diving in, and then he needs the speed boost. So the only way he's gonna he's gonna either exist in quick compositions in which he needs Lucio, like Zarya can't really exist without a Lucio either, right? So he's another one of those heroes that needs the speed boost, or in very slow compositions with a double shield. And I do think that's actually gonna be uh, pretty viable if you think about it. Like, how can you... You can't really play poke compositions into that, right? You, you Even, like, if Pharah is spamming from an off angle, you can actually shield from that angle. So, and then buy time for your Orisa to replace another shield. So I feel like there's gonna... There might be a lot of compositions that are uh, really good if you play them like that, potentially. Or, you know, even put it on an off angle. Like, it's, let's, let's imagine, say, we're playing Hanamura first point. Orisa is anchoring on defense uh, uh, first point. She's anchoring the main... Uh, uh, platform and then maybe you put a shield and the widow on the opposite side like what what are you gonna do you, mm. you can't really you know poke it out you kind of have to dive but then you can't play snipers into that either because the widow is gonna have a second shield like it it, it, it might have some viability in that regard potentially i think um yeah that that is actually a, a nice way to see it i didn't think about it like having a widow with a shield or a hand so like far away you know yeah. would be would be something <laughs> would be actually scary but it's still like, yeah. I don't see uh, more ways to play that hero. But yeah. I think I think I I would like to to see diving though. I don't know. I think it has yeah. so much damage, like and yeah. so much things. Like I don't know. It would be scary. I want to see that. Yeah. I mean, th that's what I'm saying. Like he does feel like he has because he can't play long range compositions and you know reach mm -hmm. optimal. That's why, you know, he can't really function as a main tank because if he's just anchoring down a point and you're poking him down, eventually he's going to run out of shield and then he can't do anything because he's kind of a mid-range hero. But if you can close that distance with the Lucio, then yeah, I mean, he has he can one-shot 200 HP targets. He can actually absorb a ton of damage as well and pull out a lot of coolants if he's within range, if he's in the middle of them. So that would be an interesting composition actually to to see in action. Maybe when, when he comes out... Um, you know, so you, you can kind of force it in right and see how it goes. We'll we'll see. It'll it'll be interesting to see if he can um, um, if he can adjust. Is there any speaking of like new heroes? Is, is there any type of new hero you think would uh, be good in Overwatch? Like, like if it can choose the skills, you mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like or, or any type any type of hero that would make the game a little healthier. Mm, I don't know. I think right now the problem is the shields. Yeah. Right. So maybe. If you get something, I don't know, maybe it could be way too OP though, but just having a hero to remove the shield overall, so people, mm. but the, the problem with that is like, maybe if you do that, then no one will play uh, like Reinhardt or Ace anymore or whatever, right? He will play like some Divis come or something to hold with different, I don't know. They, uh, I will I will do something like around the, around the shield, like either not just a new hero just i don't know like nerfing shields in general like i feel i feel they're way too strong and mm -hmm. i don't know you have to spam so much like orisa k orisa has 2k shield spamming that shit i don't know and it has eight seconds of cooldown you know yeah well nine now it's been nerfed. well nine with a new but yeah <laughs> but yeah has to come out but these days yeah. well i mean the diff the the reason that they're so OP is basically, uh, you know, what, what Monty mentioned, and which is very true in Overwatch, is the fact that you only have one objective to fight for at any point in time, right? Like, there's there's oh, only one, there's uh. only one point that hybrid, control, payload, whatever it may be, you only have one objective, which means that 
just anchoring around that objective is always going to be a viable strategy. You know, if you think about Team Fortress 2 on 5 CP, yeah, yeah sure, put your you put your Orisa, but you're going to get back capped, right? Like you can't do yeah, it. You need yeah, exactly, new exactly. That's yeah. actually that's actually a, a, a cool idea. Like imagine having imagine have that mode in uh, Overwatch. You know, do you think it would work? I mean, for sure. Like, what you're gonna do? Send send a Farah to capture the point while there is a standing in the other one. Like, oh. I think it could work. Like, it, it's the same. It's the same. Uh, it's the same then in TF2, right? Like, imagine having like half of the team in one side and having one, uh, another half in the other team. You know, like, but what? Doesn't matter. Like, two scouts come in and kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. It, may, it makes it makes no difference. Like I think I think that would be an insane, an insane uh, idea. Like yeah. I don't know. I will I will love that. I yeah. will love to see that. Yeah, a, di a different game mode. But really, like as far as the yeah. game design goes, it's difficult to change it now because the four game modes that are in place, they're all around just one objective. So it's you know it feels yeah, like, like it's kind of difficult to implement. Like for example, two CP. I still don't know honestly why two CP is there. Like no one like it. Everyone say that. Uh, there is more two more CPs coming out. Like it feels like Blizzard don't care for some reason. I don't know. It's like it's such a boring, uh, boring map to watch or to play. Really, it's really boring. So as a, as a viewer, if I'm watching, like I don't I don't want to see that. Like it's boring. Mm -hmm. Like I want to see something that entertains me. You know, like I want to see uh, a guy killing everyone. I want to see I don't know, like doing some something crazy. You know, something unexpected. Yeah. But in two CPs. I don't know what really happened, right? Like, yeah, I think the biggest issue is, and one that you know, the, the biggest issue as I see it that I really don't like is the fact that if Blizzard forces this uh, best of four or like uh, playing all all four game modes, I really don't think that's good. I, I feel like you should just you should have a map pool. And then you have kind of a map drafter, like loser picks, and you can pick from any map. I think that would be better. Or maybe you ban a couple of maps. Like implement kind of a system where, okay, this is our, our map pool of 16 maps. Before the start, both teams can ban uh, two of each, let's say. So you can't ban out an entire game mode. And then you kind of go, right? So, and, and then loser, loser picks. I think it would be much more interesting. It would, it would be add another element, because this, this is something I... Really, uh, there's not a lot of depth in terms of analysis heading into the game. You know you're going to play, which maps you're going to play, you, you know which players, you know, there's not much to analyze. Whereas I think pre-game, it would be very interesting to analyze, oh, what, what was their map, uh, map drafting? What, what are the stats on the snaps? Why are they banning out this map? Oh, they're banning out all the contr uh, control maps simply because the other team is really good on control, so the, their maps yeah. are going to play it once. Like, you're adding a different element, right? Like That, that was one of the best things I thought uh, back in the day in... In, in Overwatch and um, in the early days now. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Like, some like uh, I don't think they can ban heroes yet because uh, there's not many. But yeah. for example, uh, if you ban heroes, <laughs> you think about it like you need such a big hero pool. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what you play, main support, flex, tank, off tank, DPS, yeah. you need a huge hero ball because if they want one of those, like you have to, like you need to know or you need to learn how to play another composition, right? Yeah. For example, let's say uh, I don't know, I ban I ban Orisa, right? And the other team is forced to play with a Reinhardt. <laughs> they play that come twenty four seven, no? Maybe they just will do dive, you know, or something yeah. else. Yeah. I don't know. It will be it will be something it will be it will be cool, but that's that will never happen. Like I don't think I don't think in this like I mean, not not in this season because it's pretty much over, but not even in the next one. But body maps should be should be something that should be easy for them, and it makes no difference, right? Yeah. Like the only thing what could happen is like no one wanna play two CP, so everyone wants two CP, you know. <laughs> but it's something normal, you know. It's not our fault. We hate the shit map. It's, we don't like it. It's simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I do feel like it would be it would be more interesting for the fans because you have something more to analyze. I think it would be more interesting. Um, for, for everyone, like the pre-game preparation would be more fun. You could have perma bans to the point where you know we're we're scrimming against a team and like no, we're not gonna play that map because that that's our perma ban. That's what we're trying to ban. And then you're practicing different maps. I think it would be would be fun. You you would have like home maps that you would always play. Maybe you'd have like four maps that you're really really good at, and then you're trying to get those. Uh, you, you could find different ways in which you can get uh really good. Maybe you're a really good hybrid hybrid and escort team, and then. 
they can only ban out two of those maps and then you have the other three right so uh would be very interesting to to, to have that implemented but you know or, or at the very least uh have kind of bestifies because it's it's it is brutal i think to watch you know a team go down three zero and then playing that fourth map i think that's brutal yeah, like like even in the change they did to in Cipina, like yeah. if you die to avoid snowball, you yeah. just spawn pretty much instantly, right? Yeah. Which is okay, I guess, to stop a snowball, but it's still like if you get an actual real snowball, the other team's gonna make so many ultimates and you're gonna still get a snowball anyway. Yeah. Most likely. But but yeah, I don't know. I hope I hope uh CCP just die, honestly. I don't <laughs> care. It's it's boring. <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, they've been honestly like heading into stage four. I I saw I I never thought that they would actually even if they would implement two to two. I never thought it would happen mid season because it's such a drastic change to the game. Yeah, I never, never massive. ever. Yeah, I never ever thought they would do that mid season. But obviously, I honestly like I don't know what they're doing right now with the with the new balance patches and uh, like for example the the. Ooh. You froze. Looks like uh, Mr. Harry disconnected. All right, so unfortunately, we ran into uh, more technical difficulties. The power went out in Harry's building. We tried calling him on his data plan. Voices were robotic, couldn't really do anything about it. So unfortunately, the podcast ends a little bit early there. Um, we were going to round off uh, pretty pretty soon anyway so hopefully you guys enjoy the podcast uh, anyway follow harry hook at at harry hook uh give me a follow as always you can listen to this podcast on all your favorite podcast platforms uh, just look up tempo shift and you should be able to find it and um thanks for listening